Hello, welcome back to the PJ Pod. I am executive editor Nigel Prates, and this episode is brought to you by our opinion editor, Abigail James, or as I call her, Abby. Hi, Nigel. Hi, everyone. Now, today is all about our writing competition. That's right. We're going to be celebrating our shortlisted entries and announcing a lucky winner. Exciting. Abby, for those people who don't know we have a writing competition, tell us a bit about it. Yeah, sure. So we started the writing competition um, a few years ago now, really with the aim of just finding um, alternative voices. So we know that there are lots of brilliant pharmacists out there and lots of trainees, um, you know, who have got brilliant ideas and they're doing interesting things, but we haven't really seen them that much on sort of the pages of the pharmaceutical journal. So we just wanted to find them really and give them exposure and really vary the voices that we have in the pages of the pharmaceutical journal. Each time we run this competition, there's a different theme. What, what is it this year? So this year um, the writing competition is called Post-Pandemic Pharmacy, A Brave New World. It's a dramatic title. Yeah well we usually think about what we're going to ask um, our readers in sort of the springtime of each year and uh, the pandemic struck in March and it wasn't something that we could ignore. So we asked people to either write about um, how they personally or pharmacy as a whole has um, kind of responded to the pandemic um, and perhaps just to share their vision for pharmacy in the future. So 2020 has not exactly been a bed of roses. Uh, should listeners brace themselves for some bleak audio? Well, yeah, obviously this year has been tough on everyone, not least pharmacists. So there's a lot of despair and sort of dystopian themes, but there's also lots of positivity and humour in there too. So just walk us through how we judged these entries. Well, it was quite difficult, actually, when you've got so many brilliant pieces, you know, in different forms. Um, Some were prose, some were were poems. But every year we use the same criteria. Um, So that's creativity, um, that's clarity of language and style um, and relevance to the theme. Um, so we have um, yourself, we also have our news editor on board, Graham Clues. Um, we all um, get together, um, choose our favourites, um, battle it out, because we don't always agree, um, so that's always good fun. And then we whittled it down to our six top scorers, and we're going to hear them all on this podcast. And it's cool because this is the first year we're releasing it as a podcast, right? Yeah, so normally we just publish online uh, and then in the print pages of the PJ. Um, But we've really been ramping up our podcast output recently. So we thought this would be a really good way to go. And uh, we also got the entrants to do their own recording, which is nice because now you get to hear their stories in their own words. Um, And plus we can jazz it up with some sound design and music. Brilliant. Okay. so why don't you introduce our first story? So this is Covid by the Sea, But This Is No Holiday, by Amit Vigella, recorded in a tiny room on a busy ward in a hospital. Excited. New job, but coronavirus era begins. Goodbye, Whittington Hospital. Goodbye, London. This cat's off to London by the sea. New city, new home, new job, new teams new start. The sea, the waves, ice cream. Hello Brighton. Veni, Vidi, Vici. So many faces, so many names. No induction, no welcome drinks. Must be safe. Protect husband, move out of home, not enough time. So many patients, so sick. This virus 
with its crown of spikes, invisible, a ninja, doesn't care, doesn't like soap. It came, it saw, has it conquered? The disease messes up lungs, blood, senses, sanity. Which drugs? No drugs. Remdesivir, dexamethasone, interferon, azithrobloodymycin. No soma, forget this reality. What is this world, this not-so-brave new world? Must be brave. Wash hands, sanitize, alcohol gel, wash hands. Happy birthday times two, pre-patient, post-patient times 20 and PRN. Drug chart, breathless, salbutamol and iprotropium, hypoxia, oxygen, too much, not enough. Pause, breathe, smiley face, masked, happy, not happy. How to tell? Feels so personal. Is it protective? Have I the correct equipment? I'm not sure. Need cup of tea. Mask on. Mask off. Sanitize. Remove gloves. Exposed. Bare. Sanitize. I am not pharmacy. I'm a pharmacist. Feeling powerful, feeling powerless. How do I help? What more can I do? Thursday, clap. Stop. Uncharted territory, unknown waters. What ship? Which captain? My fears, your fears, their fears, our fears. No visitors allowed, so quiet. Heaviness in the air. They passed. R.I.P. Death. Gone. Stop. Silence. Unprecedented time. Unimagined dystopia. Too many words. Too many negatives. No positives. The first wave. The second wave. The deluge. The tsunami. Overwhelmed. These are not brightened waves. This is not a holiday. Can't hug, want to hug, need a hug. Can't cry, want to cry, need to cry. Tears, stop. The new normal, this is not normal. So tired, need rest. Slow down, breathe. Go home, new digs, wash hands, shower, sanitize. Cup of tea, got to eat, must sleep. Socially distanced, this is not a social. Physically distanced, feels so far away. Husband texts, my pillar of strength. Are you okay? Hashtag missing you. Missing you more. Sad face emoji. Hashtag need a hug. It'll all be over soon. When? 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 Texts, my hugs and kisses. XOXO. Lights out. Silence. Alarm blares yet another day. Brave new world. Must be brave. 
and have my cup of tea. Wow, that's amazing, wasn't it? I mean, it was one thing when I when I read it, I remember when it first came in, I thought, oh my gosh, this is a really exciting piece, really unlike anything else that we'd received. I think like just the... The re- like a really lovely cadence and rhythm, like that really clever use of really short, sharp sentences. But to hear it read out like that, I really felt it from him. It was hardly any words, but the economy of the way he kind of uses his words was just beautiful. And it was amazingly read as well. Mm. And there was a real brilliant sort of trajectory of emotion. So you were, you were with him in the first few sentences where you thought wow, he's got this exciting new opportunity. Um, yeah, it turns dark very quickly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like many other people can resonate, I guess, with that. You know, when things were picking up for them in March and then suddenly, bam, everything stopped, everything's changed and everything's completely different. And uh, I'm sure it chimes with a lot of other pharmacists as well in terms of their experiences, the kind of disorientation, the fact that everything is so new. Mm, and that still would be reflected across professionals across the UK. I mean, just... On the news, we were used to seeing, you know, faceless people behind masks, but behind every one of those masks, there's a real story happening there. Indeed. So what's next? And the next one we're going to hear is The Human Touch by Oyen Damola Fadiomi. As the sun rises, so begins a new day at Future Chemist. A spider's web with tentacles sprawling through the surrounding areas from London to beyond. Viola, the pharmacist, has worked at Future Chemist Central Up for a long time. A day has only just begun and she's already signed off over 2,000 prescriptions. She's not alone. Behind her, every step of the way is a computer, nicknamed Tia transcription intelligence accuracy. Tia and Biola have become best of friends. <laughs> Surprisingly, Tia is quite jovial. Tia clinically checks every prescription sent to future chemists. Biola just makes sure that Tia is correct and signs her off. Biola finds it funny that the computer is more accurate than her. And Biola knows that she wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a piece of legislation stating future chemist needs a human pharmacist at its central hub. Dubbed the human touch legislation, it has been widely contested. Why hire a pharmacist when a robot can do the same job? It's lunchtime and Biola leans back in her seat and closes her eyes. She happens to think of school. She learned about a virus called COVID-19, which ravaged the world 50 years ago. Other pandemics have raged since then, but no place is safer than future chemists. She doesn't even need to wear a mask. No other human is there. Everything is automated. Suddenly, the alarm blares. What is it? asked Biola, slightly irritated. Tia reads out a patient number, but all Biola saw through the CCTV footage was a sobbing elderly woman. Hello, Biola says as she grabs the microphone. The woman looks up. 
I told you I don't want to speak to a machine. I'm not a machine, says Biola. I'm the pharmacist. Are you okay? You seem upset. I'm fine. Are you sure? Yes, it's just... I'm just sad. I thought if I came in here, I could speak to someone. Your machine doesn't seem to understand that I need my medicine. It's querying why I'm on a blood thinner and a mood agent. I'm sorry, but I don't need to be questioned on what I already take. I'll check and hopefully your medicines will be with you soon. Hmm, I can see those are your regular medicines. I'm sure that your system picked it up because you're not from the area. It shows your new patient. Yes, replies the woman. I came here for my husband's funeral. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. I'm okay. I've checked it off. It will come through the chute. You take care. Biola excels. Conversations like this are hard for her, let alone remotely. She feels fair in the pit of her stomach. She's afraid of the next virus. She's scared of Tia too. The algorithm is getting better. One day, there won't be an alarm and there won't be a pharmacist. Soon, Tia will replace her. Cool, that's bleak. <laughs> yeah, I think it really vividly illustrates some of the problems that pharmacy's facing at the moment. It's doing a bit of soul-searching. I mean... Yeah, in 50 years' time, what is pharmacy going to look like? Will we need as many pharmacists? You know, is is technology going to improve to the point where they become redundant? It's really, it's really scary, isn't it? Yeah, because during the pandemic, there's been a massive increase in digital interactions and she's she's really taken that theme and run with it, hasn't she? It's a trade-off, really, isn't it? This boost in technology versus, you know, jobs. Another thing for me was that um, this little old lady, I mean, 50 years, that could be me, this sad little old lady going into this pharmacy. My husband's died and uh, I don't have any human contact anymore. <laughs> but it is just science fiction, right? Your pharmacists can't possibly be completely replaced by machines. Well, you'd hope not. I mean, I guess it's time to start carving out you know, new routes for pharmacy. So just, just this week that we recorded the podcast, we published a comment piece from Anthony Cox. Um, and he's saying that all pharmacists should be able to prescribe on registration. So perhaps that's a new route for pharmacy, less clinically checking medicines and, you know, getting more involved in the clinical side of things. So Abby, what's next? So next up, we have The Reluctant Key Worker by Sean Key Renan. I don't want to do pharmacy, my brother said to me. I don't want to do pharmacy, he said again, adamant. I'm going to tell Dee, that's our dad. He'll listen, right? How hard can it be? He listens to his patients so attentively every day. We come from two generations of pharmacists, you see. Dee's a pharmacist. Grampy was a pharmacist. Sometimes I think if we weren't Chinese on our dad's side, our family name would have been apothecary. So naturally, when the time came, Dean was expected to follow suit. Go on, do it. Tell him you don't want to be a pharmacist. 
Tell him you want to be a writer instead, I said, with both my hands giving fist bumps and moral support. He walks downstairs, starts talking to my parents, argument ensues. An hour later, he walks back up to me. Sean, I'm going to do pharmacy. Surprisingly, the following years went by without a hitch, but without much else either. Sitting in on lectures delivered by voices seemingly more monotonous than the one before, he finished module after module, coursework after coursework, exam after exam, and finally, the day had come where he was a fully qualified pharmacist. As the years went on, his achievements as a pharmacist seemed to have been overshadowed by horrible patients, funding cuts, long working hours, and that lingering literary aspiration. After hearing one comment too many about being a glorified shopkeeper or a pretend medic, he finally had it. He kicked off his pharmacy shorts and found work as a writer, a journalist. Then one day, news of a strange new virus from Wuhan broke. Patients were hospitalised for flu-like symptoms, shortness of breath, loss of taste and smell, confusion, the list goes on. Before you know it, fake news, real news, it was everything and anything anyone could talk about. The death toll climbed so fast, by the time they actually came up with a name for the virus, COVID-19, it had already travelled halfway across the world to the UK, and then some. What started as a localised epidemic morphed into a pandemic that would go on to bring modern society to a standstill. Every time Dean reported on a COVID-19 related event, he felt compelled to go back to the front lines. And so he did. Maybe this was where he was meant to be all along. What I loved about this one, right, was this is the un, one of the untold tales, I think, of the pandemic, is that the professionals who were, weren't practising and then decided to go back in and practise again. You know, for a brave new world, it probably was a brave new world when we went back into practising. What really tickled me was the sort of um, back and forth between the parents. I think, I mean, that totally resonated with me. You know, parents having an idea of what they want you to do and you kind of pushing against it. Um, but ultimately, he's got a really valuable skill that we really desperately needed during the pandemic. Yeah. And um, and it's great that he's got all of those, you know, strings to his bow. So, you know, he could always go back into writing yeah, so a part of me does actually wonder whether the writer's actually talking about himself here, because I know Sean has been quite quite interested in publishing some pieces of this. So if it is him, uh, I'm glad I'm glad that he's really found you know some purpose during this time. Yeah, that was a really nice ending. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's next? So next, uh, let's have a look. Uh, yes, this is uh, this is a nice short one called "The Letter" by Adam Turner. The pharmacy CCTV was recording the whole time. The World Health Organization says... The first time they heard the news from China. COVID-19. The Christmas party. The growing looks of concern. The news from Italy. The lockdown. The shielding. The self-isolating. The queue outside. The gloves. The masks. The aprons. The visors. The screens. The spitting, the shouting, the threats of violence, 
the relief of locking the doors, the clapping, the MP visits, the regulars off sick, the good locums, the bad locums, the pre-reg, the pro-reg, the new normal. The flu vaccinations, the winter pressures, the second wave, the town on lockdown, the third wave, the political resignations, the clinical trial results, the expressions of hope, the vaccine, the day the world had waited for, the letter that came through the letterbox, the handwritten words, thank you. It was a short piece, but goodness, that packed a punch. Yes, it was one of the shorter entries, but it just encapsulated this whole mad year just in one short minute. All that, all that new vocabulary, like the the new normal, second waves, and he, he was using all those new words. Yeah, like sort of so quickly become cliche. Yeah, if we'd read this in February, we had no idea what he was talking about. It reminded me um, of the PJ team being in the office, you know, we're all sitting around our computers and on each floor we've got these sort of, you know, rolling BBC News 24 screens, you know, seeing Boris Johnson, uh, sort of replaying all of that. And we haven't been back to the office since, have we? And the amount of information that's just been the wall of news, that's what it sounded like as well, the repetitive kind of wall of of information on the... Yeah, when you're trying to keep up with everything and and also I, I can only imagine as a pharmacist with all the guidance and all the kind of stuff you have to keep on top of when everything's changing daily. That's what it kind of reminded me of that. It's like everything, every day's the same, but it's all, there's all this new stuff. So I think, I think he captured that really well. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Right. So moving on, our next story is from Scott Rutherford with In These Strained, Challenging and Unprecedented Times. Unprecedented was the outpouring of support for our key workers. Whatever your opinion on it, the clapping every Thursday was proof of the gratitude that the country has for all the people who have propped it up during the worst days, weeks and months of this pandemic. This, of course, includes our pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, dispensers and delivery drivers who have ensured that their patients have access to their vital medicines a service that has remained virtually unchanged. We must keep building patients' gratitude and respect towards the pharmacy, regardless of the sector they work in. We need to push for more representation, more funding and more respect from patients, the public and other healthcare professionals. Unprecedented were the rapid changes to the MPharm degree and pre-registration training. Simply staying safe and sane over the past few months has been a struggle. Add to this, studying, staying on top of online lectures and exams, or completing your pre-registration year during a pandemic, and it's blindingly obvious that 2020 has been a challenge at all points on the pharmacy spectrum. This angst and anxiety in our pharmacy infancy will linger for a long time. We should be aware and attentive to these worries as we sail into the new normal, Unprecedented was a global response to the Black Lives Matter movement. COVID-19 has shone a bright light on the deep-rooted inequalities in our society. It was timely 
that the pandemic should coincide with the outcry following the murder of George Floyd, which unearthed centuries of systemic racism and oppression. Pharmacy professionals and students have a commitment to patient-centred care, and it's not enough to be outraged and performative in our allyship. We must advocate for our patients and push for fair representation in leadership roles, our education, and for an overall societal shift against racism. Potent inequalities aren't limited to people of black, Asian and minority ethnic backgrounds, however, and any approach to equity must be intersectional. We must challenge prejudice and discrimination based on gender, perceived class, sexual orientation and gender expression. In the words of civil rights activist Fanny Lou Hamer, nobody is free until everybody is free. Unprecedented was hunting for essentials like toilet roll, wearing face coverings, being socially isolated and fearing the loss of a loved one. We've all been through a tough time that no one in our lifetime has been through before and with any luck never will again. And hopefully we can learn from the past few months and create a better, safer world for everybody and a fairer, more accepting profession. Now that truly would be unprecedented. I love the way he played on the word unprecedented. I mean, it's a buzzword that we've we've heard a lot this year, but I mean, it's no it's no less true. Yeah, very clever to overuse a word that's been overused. Oh yeah, I mean, it was at the beginning of all of the emails I think that I received in March and April. Hope you're keeping well during these unprecedented times. <laughs> so yeah, it's good to play on that sort of trope that we're already seeing from COVID nineteen, isn't it? So he's a second year pharmacy student, is he? Yeah, he's based in Manchester, you know, in a city which has really been really hard hit. So there's a lot going on for him at the moment. I certainly wouldn't have written anything that mature when I was a second year student. Oh, yeah. I mean, the breadth of social commentary there is just really impressive. And I think that if all pharmacy students are as enlightened as Scott, then the profession would be in really safe hands. So there's just one more, right? Who's our headline act? This is More Than Socially Distanced by Eleanor Harvey. Good morning. My name is Berta. How can I help you today? Hi, I'm here for my clinic appointment about my medicines. I hardly took anything before starting my treatment, but now I'm on upteen different tablets. I understand. We can discuss that. Is there anything else you would like to discuss today? Well, ever since my diagnosis, I've become fearful. I'm not sure why. Everyone I see wears a mask but sometimes they even cross the street when they see me coming towards them. Do they know? Maybe that's what scares me. Or maybe it's because no one comes near me anymore. Am I so susceptible? I understand. We can discuss that. Is there anything else you would like to discuss today? Um, no, that's all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's a knock at the door. A person enters wearing a white hazmat suit and carefully asks, Miss Price? Yes, she says, looking alarmed. Miss Price, I owe you an apology. My name's Jet. I'm a pharmacist. I thought Berta was my pharmacist, except... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Continues in the background. 
until Jet clicks something at the back of her head. Berta goes quiet. Miss Price looks at Berta, astounded. Berta is our EHCPV1, explains Jet. Miss Price looks amused, if not slightly put out. Jet continues. She is an electronic healthcare professional, one of the first models that came out, designed to protect patients like yourself, yet allow for near face-to-face -face clinics. Miss Price exclaims, surely I should be pre-warned about this. Yes, absolutely. I'm here to offer sincere apologies. You weren't meant to have a clinic with Berta at all, but with me, as you've only just had your first treatment cycle. A colleague was looking for Berta for another clinic. We couldn't find her, so we went to the operating room to look through her eyes and saw your confused face before us. I immediately knew where she was, but I had to gown up before coming in. Her eyes? You could see me through her eyes? Yes, and this is something we would explain to any patient who consents to being seen by an EHCP before they have their clinic. I'm very sorry for the confusion. An EHCP is a robot. But she looks so real. But then she kept repeating. Yes, her charge is low. In automatic mode, she can be a doctor, nurse or pharmacist, mainly for information gathering. To make decisions, she requires the input of a real healthcare professional. We sit in the operating theatre, wearing special goggles that allow us to see what she sees and we type what she then speaks. The patients know we're there, but it means we're not putting them at risk of infection. Oh, so how do I know you're real? Well, we can firstly discuss how you're feeling if you like. 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 Nice ending. Makes you smile. Yeah, I, we really liked this one, didn't we? I mean, it really reminded me of Blade, right, you know, at the end. You know, you, you're left sort of wondering whether Deckard's really a replicant himself. Um, I really liked that. Mm. So I noticed it's quite similar to Ian Demola's piece, isn't it? It's another very dystopian take. We've got uh, technology taking over, and then in this case, technology just completely malfunctioning. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that this is from more from the patient's perspective, which is quite interesting. So it's um, that that still that sense of alienation, and that's a real theme, isn't it? So that's all of all of our six shortlisted entries. So which one has won? Uh, well, before we get to announcing the winner, uh, we'd just like to say a big thank you to everyone who entered the competition this year particularly our shortlisted entrants. It was so difficult um, to choose our winner because there were so many brilliant entries. Um, but there can be one winner, and that was the one you just heard. It was Eleanor Harvey with More Than Socially Distanced. Congratulations. Brilliant. That's a well-deserved win. So what does, what does she get? Uh, so Eleanor will shortly be the lucky new uh, owner of a Google Home smart speaker. Based on her sci-fi writings... Um... I'm sure she'd be absolutely delighted to have this artificially intelligent gift in her home. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't think about that, did we? Uh, but she wasn't the only winner, of course, um, because every year we also like to highlight our favourite student entry. And this year, that was Scott Rutherford with In These Strange, Challenging and Unprecedented Times. Oh, brilliant. Well done, Scott. What will he get in the post? Oh, uh, we'll shortly ping him £30 worth of Amazon vouchers. And of course, the QDOS will be published in the PJ and on the PJ podcast. Well, that goes without saying, Nigel. 
So when's the next writing competition if people are interested? So our next writing competition will be in 2021. So do look out in springtime for your next brief. And of course... You don't have to wait until the next writing competition to write for us, do you, Abby? No, so we always really gladly accept any comment pieces or blog pieces or letters from our readers. Um, so do ping something my way. My email address is abigail.james at rfarms.com. I look forward to hearing from you. You've been listening to PJ Pod, brought to you by the Pharmaceutical Journal, the official journal of the Royal Pharmaceutical Society. You can join the RPS for the equivalent of 60 pence a day. Just search RPS membership to find out more. This episode was presented by Nigel Prates and myself, Abigail James, and produced by Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening. Bye.